0: hey guys it's time to start our second chapter of harry potter and the sorcerer's stone chapter two the vanishing glass nearly 10 years had passed since the dursleys had woken up to find the nephew on the front step But private drive had hardly changed at all. The sun rose on the same tidy front gardens and lit up the brass number four on the Dursley's front door. It crept into their living room, which was almost exactly the same as it had been on the night when Mr. Dursley had been had seen that faithful news report about the Owls. Only the paragraph on the mental piece really showed how much time had passed. Ten years ago, there had been a lot of pictures of what looked like a large pink beach ball wearing different colored bonnets, but Dudley Dursley was no longer a baby. And now the photographs showed a large blonde boy riding his first bicycle on a crucial at the fair. Playing a computer game with his father, being hugged and kissed by his mother. The room held no sign at all that another boy lived in the house too. Yet... Harry Potter was still there, asleep at the moment but not for long. His aunt Putina was awake and it was her shrill voice that made the first noise of the day. Up! Get up now! Harry woke with a start. His aunt rapped on the door again. Up! She screeched. Harry heard her walking towards the kitchen and then the sound of the frying pan being put on the stove. He rolled onto his back and tried to remember the dream he had been having. It had been a good one. There had been a flying motorcycle in it. He had a funny feeling he would had the same dream before. His aunt was back outside the door. "'Are you up yet?' she demanded. "'Nearly,' said Harry. "'Well, get a move on. I want you to look after the bacon, and don't you dare let it burn. I want everything perfect on Daddy's birthday.'" "'Daddy's birthday.'" Harry groaned. "'What did you say?' his aunt snapped. Through the door. Nothing, nothing. Dudley's birthday. How could he have forgotten? Harry got slowly out of bed and started looking for socks. He found a pair under his bed and after pulling a spider off on them on off, one of them, put them on. Harry was used as spiders, used it to sp- spiders because the cupboard under the stairs was full of them and that was where he slept. When he was dressed, dressed, he went down the hall into the kitchen. The table was almost hidden beneath Dudley's birthday presents. It looked as though Dudley had gotten the new computer he wanted, not to mention the second television and the racing bike. Exactly why Dudley wanted a racing bike was a mystery to Harry, as Dudley was very fat and hated exercise. Unless of of course it involved punching somebody. Dudley's favorite punching bag was Harry, but he couldn't often catch him. Harry didn't look it, but he was very fast. Perhaps it had something to do with living in a dark cupboard, but Harry had always been small and skinny for his age. His age. He looked even smaller and skinnier. Than he really was, because all he had to wear were old clothes of Dudley's, and Dudley was about four times bigger than he was. Harry had a thin face, knobbly knees, black hair, and bright green eyes. He wore round, he wore round glasses held together with a lot of scotch tape because of all the times Dudley had punched him on the nose. The only thing Harry liked about his own appearance was a very thin scar on his forehead that was shaped like a bolt of lightning. He had had at a long, as long as he could remember, and the first question he could ever remember asking his Aunt Putina was how he had gotten it. In the car crash when your parents die, she, she had said, and don't ask again, and don't ask questions. Don't ask questions, that was the first rule for a quiet life with the Dursleys. Uncle Vernon entered the kitchen as Harry was turning over the bacon. Calm your hair, he barked by way of a morning greeting. About once a week, Uncle Vernon Vernon, Vernon looked over the top of his newspaper and shouted that Harry needed a haircut. Harry must have had more haircuts than the rest of boys in his class put together, but it made no difference. His hair simply grew that way all over the place. Harry was frying eggs by the time Dudley arrived in the kitchen with his mother. Dudley looked a lot like Uncle Warner. He had a large pink face, not much neck, small watery blue eyes, and thick blonde hair that lay smoothly on his thick fat, thick fat head. Aunt Putina often said that Dudley looked like a baby angel. Harry often said that Dudley looked like a pig in a wig. Harry put the plates of egg and bacon on the table, which was difficult to difficult as there wasn't much room. Dudley, meanwhile, was counting his presents. His face fell. Thirty-six, he said, looking up at his mother and father. That's two less than last year. "'Darling, you haven't counted on Marge's present. shes it's here under the big one from Mommy and Daddy.' "'All right, thirty-seven then,' said Dudley, going red in the face. "'Harry, who could see the huge Dudley tantrum coming on, "'bacon-wolfing down his bacon as fast as possible "'in case Dudley turned the table over.' Aunt Putina obviously sensed danger too, because she said quietly, and we'll buy you another two presents while we are, we are out today. How's that, Popkin? Two more presents. Is that, uh, is that all right? Dudley thought for a moment. It looked like hard work. Finally, he said slowly, so I will have thirty, thirty, thirty-nine sweetums, said Aunt Putina. Yeah. Oh! Dudley sat down heavily and grabbed the nearest parcel. All right then! Uncle Warner chuckled. Little Tyke wants his money's worth just like his father, at a boy, Dudley. He referred ruffled Dudley's hair. At that moment the telephone rang and Aunt Putina went to answer it while Harry and Uncle Vernon watched Dudley unwrap the racing bike, a video game camera, a remote control airplane, 16 new computer games and a VCR. He was wrapping the paper off a cold wristwatch when Aunt Putina came back from the telephone looking both angry and worried bad news Vernon," she said miss foggs broken her leg she can't take him she jerked her head in harry's direction dudley's mouth fell open in horror but harry's heart gave a leap every year a dudley's Every year, on Dudley's birthday, his parents took him and a friend out for the day to adventure parks, hamburger restaurants, or the movies. Every year, Harry was left behind with Fig, Mrs. Fig, a mad old lady who lived two streets away. Harry hated it there. The whole house smelled of cabbage, and Mrs. Fig, made him look at photographs of all the cats she had ever owned. Now what? said Aunt Putina, looking furiously at Harry as though he had planned this. Harry knew he ought to feel sorry for the Mrs. had had broken her leg, but it wasn't easy when he reminded himself it would be a whole year before he had to look at Tibbies, Snowy, Missus Miss Pons, and Tufty again. Tufty again. We could phone merge, Uncle Vernon suggested. Don't be silly, Vernon. She hates the boy. The Dursleys often spoke about Harry this, like this, as though he wasn't there, or rather as though he he was something very nasty that couldn't understand them, like a slug. What about what's her name, your friend, Yone, on vacation in Mod Majorka, snapped Aunt Pudina. You could just leave me here. Harry Putin, hopefully, had been able to watch what he wanted on the television for a chance and maybe even have a go on Dudley's computer. Aunt Pudina looked as though she would just swallowed a lemon. She had just swallowed a lemon and come back and find the house in ruins?" she snarled. "'I won't blow up the house,' said Harry, but they aren't lis- weren't listening. "'I suppose we could take him to the zoo,' said Aunt Pudina slowly, "'and leave him in the car. "That's cars, That car's new. He's not sitting in it alone,' Dudley began to cry loudly. In fact, he wasn't really crying. It had been years since he had really cried. But he knew that if he screwed up his face and weld, his mother would give him anything he wanted. Dinky, the the, the Dums, don't cry. Mommy won't let won't let him spoil your special day. She cried, fly, flinging her arms around him. I don't want him to, to come, Dudley yelled between huge, pretend sobs. He always spoils everything, he said. He shook Harry a nasty grin through the gap of his mother's arms. Just then the doorbell rang. Oh, good Lord! They are here, said Aunt Putina fran- frantically. And a moment later, Dudley's best friend Pierce Paul Kiss walked in with his mother. Pierce was a scrawny boy with a face like a rat. He was usually the one who held people's arms behind his back while Dudley hit them. Dudley stopped pretending to cry at once. Half an hour later, Harry, who couldn't believe his luck, was sitting in the back of Dudley's car with the Piers and Dudleys. On the way to the zoo for the first time in his life, his aunt and uncle hadn't been able to think of anything else to do with him, but before they had left, Uncle Vernon had taken Harry aside. I'm warning you, he had said, putting his large purple face right up close to Harry's, I'm warning you, boy, you know, boy, any funny businesses, anything at all. And you will be in that cupboard for from now until Christmas. I'm not going to do anything, said Harry, honestly. But Uncle Warner didn't believe him. No one ever did. The problem was strange things often often happened around harry and it was just no good telling the dursleys he didn't make them happen once aunt Putina, tried tired of harry coming back from the barber's looking at as though he hadn't been at all had taken a pair of kitchen scissors and cut his hair so so short he was almost bald except for his bangs which she left to hide the horrible scar. Dudley had laughed himself silly at Harry, who spent a sleepless night imagining school next day, where he had already laughed at for his baggy clothes and tapped glasses. Next morning, however, he had gotten up to find his hair exactly as it, has, it had been before Aunt Putina had shared it off. He had been given a week in his cupboard for this, even though he had tried to explain that he couldn't explain how it had grown back so quickly. Another time, Aunt Pudina had been trying to force him into revolting old sweater of turdlies, brown with orange puff puffballs. The harder she tried to pull it over his head, the smarter it seemed to become. Until finally, it might have fitted a hand puppet, but certainly wouldn't fit Harry. Aunt Putina had decided it must have shrunk in the wash, and to his great relief, Harry wasn't punished. On the other hand, he had gotten into terrible trouble for being found on the roof of school kitchens. Dudley's gang had been chasing him as usual. When, as much to Harry's surprise as anyone else's. There he was sitting on a chimney. The Dursleys had received a very, long, very angry letter from Harry's headmistress telling them Harry had been climbing school buildings. But all he had tried to do was jump behind the big trash cans outside the kitchen doors. Harry supposed that the wind must have caught him in mid-jump but today nothing was going to go wrong it was even worse being with dudley and pierce to be spending the day somewhere that wasn't school his cupboard or miss fig's cabbage cabbage swelling living room While he drove, Uncle Vernon explained to Aunt Pudena he liked to complain about things, people at work, Harry, the council, Harry, the bank, and the Harry, when just a few of his favorite subjects. This morning it was motorcycles. Roaring along with maniacs, the young hoodlums. he said, as a motorcycle overtook him them. I had a dream about a motorcycle, said Harry, remembering suddenly it was flying. Uncle Vernon le- nearly crashed into the car in front. He turned right around in his seat and yelled at Harry, his face like gigantic beet with mustache. Motorcycles don't fly. Dudley and Pierre. Snack, snickered. I know they don't, said Harry, it was only a dream, but he wished he hadn't just said anything. If there was one thing the Dur- leaves hated even more than his asking questions. It was his talk- talking about anything, acting in a way it shouldn't. No matter if it was in a dream or even a cartoon, they seemed to think he might get dangerous ideas. It was a very sunny Saturday and the zoo was crowded with families. The Dursleys brought Dudley and Pierce large chocolate ice creams at the entrance and then because the smiling lady in the van had asked Harry what he wanted before they could hurry him away. They brought him a cheap lemon ice pop. It wasn't bad either, Harry thought, licking it as they watched a gorilla scratching its head, who looked remarkably like Dudley, except that it wasn't blonde. Blonde. Harry had the best morning he had had in a long time he was careful to walk a little way apart from the Dursleys so that Dudley and Pierce who were starting to get bored with the animals by lunchtime, wouldn't fall back to their favorite hobby of hitting him. They ate in a zoo restaurant and when Dudley had a Tom Trump because his knickerbocker glory didn't have enough ice cream on top. Uncle Vernon brought him another one and Harry was allowed to finish the first. Harry felt afterward that he should have known it was all too good to last. After lunch they went to reptile house. It was cool and dark in there, with lit windows all along with walls. Behind the glasses, all sorts of lizards and snakes were crawling and slithering over bits of wood and stone. Dudley and Pierce wanted to see huge poisonous cobras and thick man-crushing pythons. Dudley quickly found the largest snake in the It could have wrapped its body twice around Uncle Vernon's car and crushed it like crushed it into a trash can. But at the moment, it didn't look at the mood. Look in the mood. In fact, it was fast asleep. Dudley stood with his nose pressed against the glass, staring at the glistening brown coils. Make it move, he winked at his father. Uncle Werner tapped on the glass, but the snake didn't budge. Do it again, Dudley Owl ordered. Uncle Werner rapped the glass smartly with his knuckles, but the snake just snows on. This is boring, Dudley moaned. He shuffled away. Harry moved in front of the tank and looked intently at the snake. He wouldn't have been surprised if it had died of boredom itself. No company except stupid people dreaming their fingers on the glass trying to disturb all it all day long. It was worse than having a cupboard as a bedroom where the only visitor was aunt pudina's hammering on the door to wake you up at last at least he got to visit the rest of the house the snake suddenly opened his bed, beddy eyes slowly very slowly it raised its head until its eyes until until its eyes were on the level with harry's it winked. Harry started, stared, then he looked quickly around to see if anyone was watching. They weren't. He looked back at the snake and winked too. The snake jerked its head towards Uncle Vernon and Dudley, then raised its eyes to the ceiling. It gave Harry a look that said quite, quite plain, pla- plainly. I get that all the time, I know," Harry, mum- Harry murmured to the glass. Though he wasn't sure the snake could hear him. It must be really annoying. The snake nodded vigorously. Where do you come from anyway? Harry asked. The snake jabbed its tail at a little sign next to the glass. Harry peered at it. Boa constrictor, Brazil. Was it nice there? The boa constrictor jabbed its tail at the sign again, and Harry read on. The specimen was bred in the zoo. Oh, I see. So you have never been to the Brazil. The snake shake shook snake shook its head. A definite defining deafening shout behind Harry made both the, both of them jump. Dudley, Mrs. Tursley, come, look at the snake, you won't believe what it's doing. Dudley came waddling towards them as fast as he could, out of the way you, out of the way you, he asked punching Harry in the ribs. Caught by surprise, Harry fell hard on the on the concrete floor. What came next happened so fast no one saw how it happened. One second Pierce and Dudley were leaning right up close to the glass, and the next they had leaped back with the howls of horror. Harry sat up and gasped. The glass front of the boa constrictor stank had vanished. The great snake was uncoiled, coiling itself rapidly, slithering, Out onto the floor, people threw out the reptile house, screaming and started running for the exits. As the snake slid swiftly past him, Harry could have sworn. A low, low hissing voice said, Brazil, here I come. Thanks, amigo. The keeper of reptile house was in shock, but the glass, he kept saying, Where did the glass go? The zoo director himself made Aunt Putina a cup of strong sweet tea while he apologized over over and over again. Pierce and Dudley could only gibber as far as Harry had seen. The snakes hadn't done anything except snap playfully at their heads as it passed but by the time they were all back in Uncle Vernon's car. Dudley was telling them how it had nearly bitten off his leg. While Pierce was swearing it it had tried to squeeze him to death. But worst of all, for Harry at least was Pierce calming down, enough to say Harry was talking to it. Weren't you Harry? Uncle Vernon waited until Pierce was safely, safely out of the house before start, st- starting on Harry. He was so angry. He could hardly speak. He managed to say, managed to say, go, cupboard, stay, no meals. Before the cupboard, before he collapsed into a chair and Aunt Pudina had to run and get him a large brandy. Harry lay in his dark cupboard much later, wishing he had had a watch. He didn't know what time it was, and he couldn't be sure the Dursleys were asleep yet. Until they were, he couldn't risk sneaking to the kitchen for some food. He had lived with the Dursleys almost ten years, ten miserable years, as long as he could remember, ever since he had been a boy, and his parents had died in that car crash. He couldn't remember being in the car when his parents had died. Sometimes when it strained his memory during long hours in his cupboard. He came up with a strange vision, a blinding flash of green light and a burning pain on his forehead. This he supposed was the crash though he couldn't imagine where all the green light came from. He couldn't remember his parents at all. His aunt and uncle never spoke about them, and of course he was forbidden to ask questions. There were no photographs of them in the house. When he had been younger, Harry had dreamed and dreamed of some unknown relation coming to take him away, but it had never happened, the Dursleys were his only family, yet sometimes he thought, or maybe hoped, that strangers in the street seemed to know him. Very strange strangers they were, too. A tiny man in a violet-top hat had bowed to him once while out shopping with Aunt Pudina and Dudley. After asking Harry furiously if he knew the man, Aunt Pudina had thrust him out of the shop without buying anything. A wild-looking old woman dressed all in green had waved merrily at him once on a bus. A bald man in a very long purple coat had actually shaken his hand in the street the other other day and then walked away without a word. The weirdest thing about all these people was The way they seemed to vanish, the second Harry tried to get a closer look. At school, Harry had had no one. Everybody knew that Dudley's gang hated that odd Harry Potter in his baggy old clothes and broken glasses. And nobody liked to disagree with Dudley's gang. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Sayonara.